0: Your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired.
1: We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting
2: you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious.
1: It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive
2: Time.
3: And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. Is the Feast of St. Gemma Galgani, she was born on April 11, 1878 in Lucca, Italy, was known for her profound visions and revelations granted to her by God. She belonged to the third order of the Passionists, an association of lay people striving to live a pious life in the world. Her physiognomy was remarkable with a gaze directed upwards reflecting her heavenly thoughts and angelic purity. St. Gemma had a dignified and unpretentious demeanor, wearing simple black apparel without adornments. Her skin had a luminous quality, and her gaze revealed complete uprightness and fortitude. Her unwavering decision to serve God, Our Lady, and the Catholic Church, despite obstacles, made her a physical representation of the strong women described in Holy Scripture. Her virtuous life was an inspiration, and her worth was considered priceless like a precious jewel worth seeking even at the furthest ends of the universe. St. Gemma Galgani's legacy as a mystic and devoted servant of God continues to inspire and guide people to this day. St. Gemma Galgani, pray for us. And happy Tuesday in the octave of Easter. I hope you're still celebrating. I hope they haven't put away the uh, the desserts and put away the, the celebrations. We're still only the second day of Easter, or the second day in the octave of Easter, rather. So I hope you're still celebrating. It's a good day to uh, try to set aside some time and maybe make sure that you are ready. Because, you know, traditionally, it was during the Easter season in which you were to receive Holy Communion. Uh, Because not everybody received communion every Sunday because they said, Okay, well, I'm not in a state of grace or I wasn't prepared enough for Mass. And so I'm not going to receive Holy Communion until I'm ready. And many times people would put it off so much that they would almost never receive Holy Communion. And so the church uh, mandated that you receive Holy Communion at least once a year. And that one time a year was during the Easter season. And that was until low Sunday, which would be this next coming, this upcoming Sunday. So you had one week during the Easter season to receive Holy Communion inside of, um, inside the America, United States, we actually received a dispensation that we have from Easter Day until Pentecost to receive Holy Communion. So you get the entirety of the Easter season to receive Holy Communion. So if you haven't, make sure you go to confession today and try to receive Holy Communion worthily before the Easter season is up. Uh, good morning to you, Tito Edwards.
4: Good morning, Adrian. What a beautiful day it is. It's Easter week. Easter Tuesday, and uh, I'm looking forward to this week. Yesterday, uh, got to lift some of my fasting and abstinence, and enjoyed some uh, chocolate ice cream. Thank nice. you very much.
3: Nice. Uh, I should have. Uh, I should stop and get some ice cream. I was really craving some, and I was like, should I stop and get ice cream? Maybe. I, maybe I shouldn't. But I. Uh, I'm. I'm debating it. I, it's. It's Easter. It's Easter. I, I think that I should go and get a big. Bucket of uh, a bluebell and just eat the whole thing. That's what I think. But at 15 past the hour, we're going to be talking about Walter Reed's National Military the Medical Center kicking out the Franciscans uh, out of their hospital. That's a very concerning story. Very interesting situation. Also, the FBI is we just learned more information about how they are investigating Catholics. At 30 past the hour, we're going to there's a lot of news surrounding the Louisville shooter and other similar stories. And you're thinking similar stories to the Louisville shooter. That's very concerning. So we're going to be talking about that coming up at 30 past the hour. In the next hour, we are, of course, are going to be having our fear and trembling game show. So you're going to want to hang out with us all the way through the end today. But let's begin in prayer. We're going to be praying for your intentions. We're praying for your friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we've promised to pray for. We're going to be praying for that you have a blessed and holy Easter, that you are able to make it to confession and receive Holy Communion worthily. And maybe during this Easter season, we do something special for our Lord and our Lady. Let's begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirits, and they shall be created, and and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Oremus, O God, who taught the hearts of the faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant that by the gift of the same Spirit we may be always truly wise and ever rejoice in His consolation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your Headline News with Tito Edwards.
4: Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Tuesday, April 11th, and these are your Headlines. Catholic News Agency reports an arrest has been made in connection with the vandalism of St. Paulina's Catholic Church in Syracuse, Nebraska, that occurred on Palm Sunday weekend. A Mr. Ross has been charged with criminal mischief and criminal trespass. The investigation is ongoing, according to the sheriff's office. St. Paulina's wasn't the only Catholic Church to be vandalized on Palm Sunday weekend. In Corona, California, a statue of Our Lady of Guadalupe was smashed in half at Corpus Christi Catholic Church on April 1st. Catholic News Agency reports at least 94 people reportedly have died in a series of deadly attacks on Christian communities throughout Holy Week in the Benue State in north-central Nigeria, an ominous sign of escalating violence blamed on Muslim militias in the country's Middle Belt region. Benue State has an estimated 2 million displaced persons who cannot live on their traditional farmlands, for fear of being killed. Some farmers venture back to cultivate their fields during the day and retreat to displaced persons camps at night. Benoit has an estimated 2,000, uh, 2000 Christians who have been reportedly killed in the new year. Union of Catholic Asian News reports Pope calls for disarmament on the 60th anniversary of the encyclical in Terrace. Peace be with you is a greeting we exchange on this day, the Pope wrote in El Espresso. To, Truly say no to war and violence, it is not enough just to silence weapons and stop the aggressors. It is necessary to uproot the roots of wars and violence, which are resentment, envy and greed. One must have the courage to disarm hearts, to demilitarize them, to remove poison and resentment, he wrote. And finally, Brightport reports a 23-year-old portfolio banker who opened fire in Old National Bank live-streamed on Instagram as he shot fellow bank personnel. Louisville police chief told reporters on Monday that the attacker was a bank employee. The attacker used his pronouns he, him, on his LinkedIn webpage. The 23-year-old attacker attended the University of Alabama, graduating with a master in science. Chief Gwynne Villarreal, the Police chief indicated the attacker live-streamed his actions as he opened fire on his former employee friends. She indicated that police are working to have the video scrubbed from the internet. These were your headlines this morning. May God bless you all.
3: The Gospel of the Day comes from John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. But Mary stood without before the tomb, weeping, and she bent down still weeping and looked into the tomb. And saw two angels clothed in white sitting there, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. They said to her, Woman, why art thou weeping? Because they have carried away my Lord, she said, and I cannot tell where they have taken him. Saying this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there without knowing that it was Jesus. Woman, Jesus said to her, Why art thou weeping? For whom art thou searching? She supposed that it must be the gardener, and said to him, If it is thou, sir, that hast carried him off, tell me where thou hast put him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is the Hebrew for master. Then Jesus said, Do not cling to me thus, I have not yet gone up to my father's side. Return to my brethren and tell them this. I am going up to him who is my Father and your Father, who is my God and your God. So Mary Magdalene brought news to the disciples of how she had seen the Lord, and he had spoken thus to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Cornelius Alopidae, he said here on verse eight, and they went out quickly and with fear. Oh, wait, that's from yesterday. Hold on one second. Here we go. But Mary stood there without at the sepulcher weeping. He goes here on verse 11, because she anxiously looked about on every side of the body of Jesus as glowing in love for him and was beside herself and not finding him. Wept for grief. The eyes, says St. Augustine who sought but found him not had to leisure to weep and sorrowed more for his being taken from the tomb than that he had died on the cross because not even a memorial remained of so great a teacher whose life had been taken away. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher though she looked in before and saw that the sepulcher was empty for as St. Gregory says, a single look suffices not one who loves the power of love increases the earnestness of the inquiry. She persevered in seeking and accordingly she found. And so it was that her desires expanded and increased and could thus take in that which they found. Over in verse 12, that uh, she saw two angels sitting, one at the head and the other at the foot. Now here, what does this have to do with anything? Why mention that one was at the head and one was at the foot? Well, Cornelius Lapid tells us. He says all those were tokens of his glorious resurrection, and prepared the mind of the Magdalene Magdalene to believe it, one sat at the head and the other at the foot to signify that the whole body of Christ had risen, and that by assuming the immortal form of the glory of angels, he had entered into their company, and had left these two angels as guardians of the tomb to announce the fact to Magdalene. Origin says that mystically the angel at the feet represented the active The angel at the head represented the contemplative life, for they are both of them from Jesus, about Jesus, through Jesus, on account of Jesus. So you recognize here the active and the contemplative life, which is uh, the Dominicans would argue is the most the life that's most according to our Lord's life. Because they are active and contemplatives. Now in verse 13 here, it says, They say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? This is no place for weeping, but rather for rejoicing and being glad, because thou seest not here the dead body of the beloved one. Thou oughtest to infer that Jesus had risen and is no longer among the dead, but among the living. And more than this, that he is passing a blessed and heavenly life among the glorious angels, Such as we are ourselves. She saith unto them, Because they have taken my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. I weep for three reasons. One, because the ignominious death of my Lord. Two, because his body had been taken away, for I wished to kiss it, lament over it, and anoint it. And three, because I do not know where to look for it. For did I know, I should haste to the spot, embrace it, and overwhelm it with kisses. See, how Jesus suffers the souls of those who love him to remain in ignorance for a while in order to sharpen and enkindle their desire for him. And when it is thus sharpened and enkindled to comfort and make them glad with the full revelation of himself it is a very interesting, our Lord deprives us of himself because there's a saying, right? That distance makes a heart grow fond. And this is exactly what our Lord is doing here with Magdalene, at least one aspect of it. And verse 14, it says, And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw our Lord standing, and knew not that it was him. Christ appeared behind Magdalene, so that the angels who beheld him rose up and bowed their heads and exhibited other tokens of reverence towards and adoration towards him. And this was why she turned about to see who it was that the angels saluted so reverently. Now, St. Chrysostom and the author of the, the letter to the Antiochians said that something that Christ made a noise with his feet to attract her attention and she saw Jesus in the first to share the joy as loving more than all and knew not that it was Jesus in appearing in the form of the gardener, just as he appeared in the form of a stranger at for glorified bodies can put on appearances as they please, not by changing their own appearance by presenting only a refracted appearance to the sight of others. Christ did this so as to not startle others. Now, the last point to note here is that why does our Lord appear as a gardener? Now, this is a reference back to Adam, who was he who tilled the garden. And so our Lord being the new Adam tills the new garden. And so this is a reference being that he fulfills what Adam had lost. Our Lord had regained and not just regained, but regained in a way that is super abundant, that is beyond anything that ever could have been cultivated by Adam. Now keep this in mind today and pray that our Lord grant us the grace to receive that which he desires to give us. Donnie, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, You are the rock upon which I will
0: build my church?
1: St. Peter.
0: And who is the current pope?
1: Pope Francis.
0: As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on.
2: Hello? Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the Bible sufficient to answer all questions about Christian living and church life? Well, the answer is definitively no. There isn't agreement on scores of doctrinal issues such as the effects of baptism, who can receive communion, once saved, always saved, abortion, or how about eligibility for marriage after divorce. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, fruit analysis. Luther, Calvin, and Zwingli, who are the fathers of non-Catholic Christianity, did not rid the unbiblical practices they But instead, turned out to be the progenitors of some 50 denominations and scores of divergent beliefs. Secondly, natural reason. Well, if the Bible alone is supposed to clarify all beliefs, the very fact that such division prevails is actually proof that an arbiter of doctrine is desperately needed. And thirdly, the golden twins. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition will always prevail as the foundation of all Christian truth, doctrines, and beliefs. Remember, identical twins come
3: from one egg. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host Adrian Fonseca. So good to be on with you. Happy second day or Tuesday in the octave of Easter. And if you uh, don't know what an octave of Easter is, it's this idea that we're going to celebrate Easter for eight days in a row. Now you get to keep on the Easter celebrations for eight days straight. Now it's kind of fun. My uh, my buddy is actually getting married during the Octave of Easter, which is a pretty cool situation. So prayers for my buddy Sean and his soon-to-be wife Tiffany. And the, uh, the uh, what a grace. So, it's allowed? It's to... Uh, allowed to be married during the Easter? Yeah. Of course. Of huh. course. You just can't get married during Lent. Or on Sunday? This Sunday? Uh, no. You'll okay. get married on, uh, on Saturday. Excellent. There you go. Uh, so this story here... Uh, Walter Reed National Military Medical Center terminates Catholic pastoral care contract during Holy Week. Now, this is a very concerning story. It has happened on Friday right before, or right, and it's on March 31st, rather. It happened on March 31st, uh, right leading into Holy Week. And it's kind of funny because no one saw this story until not that long ago. It was, uh, the, the story came out April 7th, which was the um, Friday of Holy Week, Good Friday, and which was, I was kind of surprised by because the story seems to have broke on the 31st of March, and I suppose they were trying to settle it quietly between themselves before making it public, but the story came out on the Friday, on Good Friday, so very concerning. Now, what's the story before we get into the details? Uh, Walter Reed National Medical Center issued a cease and desist order to Holy Name College in order of Franciscan Catholic priests and brothers on March 31st. They had provided pastoral care to service members and veterans at Walter Reed for nearly 20 years, according to the Archdiocese of the Military Service. The Franciscans' contract for Catholic pastoral care was instead awarded to a secular defense contracting firm that cannot fulfill a statement work In the contract, the Archdiocese reported, the Archdiocese did not name the secular agency. It is, quote, incomprehensible that essential pastoral care is taken away from the sick and the aged when it was so readily available. This is a classic case where the adage, if it is not broken, do not fix it, applies. I fear that giving a contract to the lowest bidder overlooked the fact that the bidder cannot provide the necessary service. I earnestly hope that this disdain for the sick will be remedied at once and their First Amendment rights will be respected, said His Excellency Excellency, the Most Reverend Timothy Broglio, the Archbishop of the Military Services. Now, this is a very concerning story for a number of reasons. Uh, My first question here, to be honest, is actually, who is a secular organization? Because the Walter Reed Hospital claims... That this is going to be, that they're go- they have a Catholic priest, an ordained Catholic priest, it says, who will be able to provide the sacraments for the people there. So my question is, who is this Catholic priest? If it's with a secular organization, and how does that work if they're not with the archdiocese of the military services? Does he have faculties? We don't
4: know anything, do we?
3: What I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything. And this is an interesting point because the bishop over the military is Archbishop Broglio, who is the Archbishop for the military services because he has a non-territorial diocese, which means his diocese is in regards to a state in life or a particular uh, position or locations throughout the world. Now, there are several. This is what's called a ordinariate. And there are several kinds of ordinariates in the world. Um, the one that most people are familiar with is the personal ordinariate of the Chair of St. Peter, which is a, another non-territorial diocese which serves Catholics who are part of the Anglican patrimony. Now, this is a the archdiocese of the military services. They are the ordinariate of the military services, which means that they serve the military. So anywhere the military is, that is the jurisdiction of the bishop. So, Wherever the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center is, it's not actually under the bishop of that location. It's actually under the bishop of the military services. So even if they contacted the local archdiocese, it would be a strange situation that they would contact the the local archdiocese rather than the archbishop of the military services. I'm sure that the bishop and the uh, archbishop of whatever diocese that's in would have a perfectly good relationship with one another, but it is weird to let that happen. So my, my first question is, I want to know who this priest is, and I want to know who this secular organization is. Because if it's a... I want to know, is this a validly ordained bishop, a priest? Is he... Why do you say a secular organization? Because I know a lot of organizations that are Catholic, who are not you know, what one might call a licit organization. They are illicit, but they're completely valid, but they're not secular. They wouldn't be, wouldn't have by no means be considered secular. So that's very concerning to me. It's very, I I don't know what that means. And I would like to know, and I was looking around and it seems that no one is revealing who that organization would be. The second point of note is the Franciscans here at Holy Name College. So they kick the Franciscans out, what does that mean for the Archdiocese of the Military Services, right? So was the—I'm presuming that the Archdiocese of the Military Services was using the Franciscans as an aid to provide for the people in the hospital since they probably are have, a, have more manpower to provide uh, services for them. And then if that's the case, what was the issue here? Because it says here— that they had a, a contract with them and they went with the lowest bidder. So were they charging money to provide the sacraments? And what were they charging? Now, of course, I, I understand priests should be able to receive a stipend for their services. Um, but what was the, because here it says, the, uh, the archbishop says, the fact that the bidder cannot provide, or the I fear the giving the contract to the lowest bidder overlooked the fact that the bidder could not provide the necessary services. Now, what was the bid? I want to know what the Archdiocese of the Military Services was charging the hospital to provide the sacraments. Would Could they not meet whoever was, other was giving a lower bid? And what does that mean? Uh, that's very strange to me. I had never even considered the fact that hospitals had bids for religious organizations to provide services In those hospitals. I never realized that. So that's another interesting thing that stood out to me. That I would like answers to. And finally. The fact that it happened right before Holy Week. Is very interesting to me. Uh, Why right before Holy Week? Why would they do that? It's very interesting that it's here. And they decided. Okay when are we going to drop this? On the 31st of March. Leading into Holy Week. Because then you have. Palm Sunday on the 2nd. And then you have the entirety of Holy Week. And then you have Easter. And so that's whenever they decide to do it. So that, that's a very concerning situation overall. I don't really know the answers to these questions, but these questions need to be asked. If there's any journalists that are going to be looking into the story, these are the questions that I would want answered. And finally, the big thing here is the Catholics who are in this hospital that they're not being provided for anymore, that we have a right to receive the sacraments. We have a right to receive pastoral care. And even if this is whatever is happening here, a for-profit company, uh, they're saying here, they refuse to provide adequate pastoral care while awarding a contract for Catholic ministry to a for-profit company that has no way of providing Catholic priests to the medical center. Now, see, that's what the archdiocese of the military service is claiming. So my question again, it says that they have no way of providing Catholic priests to the medical center. Now, but the military service claims that they are providing a Catholic priest. This is a very concerning story, and I think I will definitely be keeping an eye on it. There's not really much more to say at this time uh, than expressing concern for the people who are affected by this. So definitely going to be keeping my eye on this story. And uh, if you or anyone else knows any other information, if you have family who happens to be in this hospital, uh, reach out to me. I'd love to know more information about what exactly is going on here because there are a lot of very concerning stories. And we'll probably reach out to Archbishop Broglio and see if he'd like to come on and have this conversation with us to see the details of what actually is happening here. Because this, there's a lot of things that are not adding up. That does not make sense to me. Uh, the initial story sounded to me like they, the, the government is again persecuting Catholics. But it would be good to get more information. But speaking of the government persecuting Catholics, the FBI. We just received a report from the uh, from the House of Representatives Committee on the on the Judiciary on the topic of the FBI investigating. Catholics, a very concerning story now, this uh, FBI, let me give a summary, and then we'll actually get into the article here. If you remember that story that we told mm, it may have been about a month ago, maybe a little bit less than that, when we found out the FBI was putting informants in traditional Catholic communities. They listed specifically the fraternity of St Peter, the Society of St. Pius X, the Society of Jesus and Mary. And I listed a bunch of other traditional Catholic organizations and groups. Now, this was a very concerning, and a, a lot of people were talking about it at the time, and then it kind of came out of public eye. The good news is that they actually were investigating behind the scenes. They, we had people in the House actually uh, looking into it and trying to get internal documents released, and now we have it. Now, Representative Jim Jordan, he came out, And he revealed a lot of this information and that the FBI does, in fact, have at least one undercover FBI employee monitoring Catholic parishes and speaking with parishioners in Catholic parishes to become informants for the FBI. Now, this is a very concerning story, something that we really need to cover in in more depth than we will in just a moment. But here, is one thing that it should be a takeaway. It's clear to me. I saw this post the other day where people were coming after. They said that the KKK and were are, are Catholics because they saw pictures of the processions in Spain, where they wear the outfits that are all white with uh, pointy hoods, and they're like, "See the, the Catholics are KKK members." What they don't realize is that those outfits predate America by like a thousand years. And two, that the the KKK hated and lynched Catholics constantly. They were huge anti-Catholics. Why do I bring this up in regards to this? The anti-Catholic sentiment in America is old and has been around for a very, very long time. And we see it rising again and again. And we have to be aware of it And we have to be prepared for it. And we have to not be surprised by this. Because our Lord had promised that we would be persecuted. And so if we are not persecuted, that means we're probably not doing something right. If we are persecuted, then a servant is not greater than his master. If we're getting flack, then we must be over the target. So remember, and take courage in the fact that the FBI... Hates us, government hates us, and the enemies of Christ hate us. We'll be right back with more after this.
2: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit? Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life, okay, hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you, Magisterium I actually was gone from the Catholic Church for 35 years. I want to get to heaven. I don't know if I will. I mean, I worry about it. But I not only want to get to heaven at the moment of my death, I want to find as much heaven as possible here on earth. So I need help. I don't know why I turned on my radio, because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on,
4: I was absolutely hooked.
1: The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.
4: Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. And these are your headlines for this morning. The National Review reports as part of its effort to identify extremists in the Catholic Church, the FBI recruited at least one undercover employee to develop sources among the clergy and church leadership. Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio revealed yesterday, Jordan, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, issued a subpoena demanding FBI Director Christopher Wray testify and provide more information to Congress about the agency's intelligence, Gathering initiative targeting Catholic Americans. Quote, this is shocking information, reinforces our need for all responsive documents, and the committee is issuing a subpoena for you to compel your full cooperation, Jordan claimed. The Union of Catholic Asian News reports about 4,000 Christians joined a major rally in the South Korean capital of Seoul on Easter Sunday. The parade, organized by various Christian organizations, including the Catholic Church, started from from Seoul's Gwanghang Woman Square and passed through Seoul Plaza and ended at the square. The Korean Jungang Daily reported on April 10th yesterday. And finally, Breitbart reports President Joe Biden on Monday signed a Republican-led bill to terminate the coronavirus national emergency that former President Donald Trump first enacted In March of 2020, Biden's White House was planning to wind down the national emergency next month on May 11th. However, House Republicans put forth bills to end the national emergency before May. Uh, On a side note, wow. Just simply wow. I was even unaware that they were still there. I'm Tito Edwards and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens.
3: Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. You know, before the break, we were chatting about the FBI whistleblower, and Tito just mentioned that in his breaking news as well. And you know, it's very interesting because we see over and over again that the FBI decides to investigate the Catholics. You know, it's just it's just interesting to me that they it's always specifically Catholics. Like, I, you don't hear about them uh, investigating or. Infiltrating the, the Methodist or or the Anglicans or anything like that, uh, I'm I'm sure they probably have FBI informants in like the the Westboro Baptists or something like that. That wouldn't surprise me. But in general, it's the Catholics. It's very interesting. Now I want to read to you from the FBI report directly from the uh, the letter from the Committee on Judiciary. Dear Director Ray, the Honorable Christopher Ray. Uh, the Committee on the Judiciary is conducting oversight of the Federal Bureau of Investigation Handling of Domestic Violent Extremism Investigations Against Catholics, Catholic Americans and its effect on protected First, Amer- First Amendment activity. And based on the limited information provided by the FBI to the committee, we now know the FBI relied on at least one undercover agent to produce its analysis and that the FBI proposed that its agents engage in outreach to Catholic parishes to develop sources among the clergy and church leadership to inform on Americans practicing their faith. This shocking information reinforces our need for all responsive documents, and the committee is issuing a subpoena to you to compel your full cooperation. We have repeatedly sought information from the FBI relating to a January 23rd document generating generated by the Richmond Field Officer entitled Interest of Racially or Ethnically Motivated Violent Extremism and Radical Traditionalist Catholic Ideology. Now, skipping ahead here, the just talks re, reiterates what the old what that was in January. Now, here's the new information. The limited information that was provided to the committee makes clear that we must possess all responsive material without redactions from the selected produ- production. We know that the FBI relying on information derived from at least one undercover employee sought to use local religious organizations as, quote, new avenues for tripwire and source development. For example, in a section of the document entitled Opportunities, the FBI wrote, quote, in addition to redacted, engage in an outreach to the leadership of other Society of St. Pius X chapels in the FBI Richmond area of responsibility to sensitize these congregations to the warning signs of radicalization and to enlist their assistance to serve as suspicious activity tripwires. The FBI FBI similarly noted that two other opportunities to engage in outreach with religious institutions in the Richmond area, citing a desire to sensitize the congregation for warning signs. This outreach plan even included contacting so-called, quote, mainline Catholic parishes and the local diocesan leadership in quote the FBI also expressed an interest in leveraging existing sources and or initiating type 5 assessments now one thing to note here is this part leveraging existing sources that means that they already have sources involved Very, very concerning. The letter goes on a little bit further and talks about other details that I highly recommend checking out the entirety of this letter. And I can't wait to see everything, all the more information come out. The FBI is investigating Catholics. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's very clearly happening. Specifically, they call out the SSPX, the Society of St. Pius X. This is very concerning. If you are a traditional Catholic, if you love the faith, if you love uh, God, and you adhere to the, all the teachings of the church, then the government hates you, and the government considers you a radical extremist. And like I had mentioned the other day, I'm always surprised. Whenever I go to traditional parishes around the country, uh, anywhere I go, traditional parishes, for some reason, unless I'm in the, the Midwest, where there's own, pretty much only people of, uh, of Caucasian descent, without fail, tons of Mexicans... It's specifically, Mexicans. I mean, there's a people of other races too, like the Asians and things like that. But for some reasons, tons of Mexicans and Hispanics and uh, various other Latin Americans at traditional Latin Mass at traditional parishes all over America, even in the Midwest. To be honest, when I was in Ohio, I was actually uh, when I was not in Ohio. When I was in um, Wisconsin, I was surprised by how many how many Hispanic people. I was not expecting that many in uh, in Wisconsin, but. They, call, they accuse traditional Catholics of being white supremacist. Why do I see so much ethnic diversity in traditional parishes? And also specifically, they mention specifically the Society of St. Pius X, which is strange to me because the Society of St. Pius X has mission, missions in uh, the Philippines, in Africa, all throughout Africa. Their founder, the founder of the, Saint, the Society of St. Pius X, the Archbishop uh, Marcel Lefebvre, He was actually part of the Holy Ghost Fathers who helped convert Africa to the Catholic faith, including Archbishop, uh, or Cardinal, rather, Cardinal Sarah's family. Cardinal Sarah's family was evangelized by the Holy Ghost Fathers who Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre was the superior general of for many, many years, and he's the founder of the Society of St. Pius X. And yet the SSPX are racist and they're white supremacist, that doesn't make any sense. It's nonsensical. The whole, the whole premise is nonsensical. And honestly, even giving, the, giving it uh, airtime is probably a bad idea because you're giving their arguments legitimacy. But it's very concerning. And the same thing could be said of other traditional organizations. I don't know the, if the uh, fraternity is in Africa, but the fraternity is in Latin America. They actually we're planning on building a seminary down in Mexico. And so all these different traditional organizations that they mention, Institute of Christ the King, they're all over there. Well, they're mostly over Europe, uh, France, and places like that. But these, all these organizations are all over the world because Catholic is universal. It's not like the Anglicans where they're, they're an English church. It's not like the Methodists where they're really an American church, though they're all over the world now. These, the Catholic Church is universal. It started in, in the Middle East, started in Israel, in Jerusalem, by a Jew. By a Jew. <laughs> and it started all, and it spread all over the world. It's absurd. It's an absurd claim, and it should be rejected and mocked at. Uh, moving on to a, to a different story, because there are just so many, so many concerning stories. You may have remembered the story, or heard about the story from yesterday, where this person, uh, I think it was a man, the, this man came in and shot up a bank and this is very very concerning in Louisville, Kentucky. It's actually kind of funny. I was uh, I'm out car shopping because I, I got in a car accident and now I need a new car and I was actually uh the guy who was I was talking to selling me a car, car dealership. At the car dealership was uh, actually from right outside of Louisville, Kentucky and he was like, yeah, I think mean, it's very concerning. He was telling me how he's a he just got his degree in uh, criminal justice. And now he said he was going to become a police officer, and now he's kind of scared to become a police officer. He's like, he's, he's white, and he doesn't want to risk his life doing um, becoming a police officer because he knows that he's going to be endangering his life. For what? To be hated? Uh, very concerning. But to the story, it says here, Louisville, and this is reported by the New York Times, a 25-year-old man, okay, there you go, it's a man, shot and killed... <laughs> Five colleagues with a rifle on Monday at the downtown bank where he worked, the police said. Eight others were wounded in the attack, two of them critically. The suspect, who officials said was live streaming the rampage, was killed by the police after exchanging fire with them. Now, the two interesting points here is, one, the man worked at the bank. So this makes me think, okay, this is probably a personal vendetta. Something happened and they're trying to get back at somebody. And killed five colleagues, so they shot, they didn't shoot random people, they shot the people who were behind the counters. So this doesn't sound like a robbery. other thing to also note is that it was a man, That's that tends to track with what we know about mass shootings, they tend to be men. The only exception to that really was uh, this transgender shooter who was a, actually a woman. Very interesting. So. When we come back, we're gonna explore more of the information about this shooting. And there's actually some stories that were very similar, all happening at the same time. All this and more after this.
2: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Many committed Christians hold to this axiom. If it's in the Bible, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, here you go. 1 Timothy 2 states the following about women as related to church life. No braiding the hair, no gold jewelry, no pearls. Just learn in silence and do not teach. Does your pastor comply with these biblical instructions? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, an unpleasant fact. Many self-proclaimed Bible-only churches, sadly, will pick and choose what parts of the Bible are implemented in the life of the church. Secondly, Catholic catechism. Be especially attentive to, quote, the content and unity of the whole scripture. And thirdly, a tough comeback. In order to understand the sacred author's intention, we must take into account culture, audience, and the literary genre. So if your Bible-only church does not strictly obey those instructions, then tell me the reason why. Well, we know you know 80 percent of your church is handled by women so with those instructions in force many women will leave your church maybe even the pastor's wife ouch hey donnie what are the four gospels in the new testament
1: matthew mark luke and john
0: and who baptized jesus
1: St. John the Baptist
0: As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children and if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com The Guadalupe Radio Network Listen, learn, love and pass it on
3: And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Praise be to God. It's so good to be with you today on this Tuesday within the octave of Easter. Happy Easter to you. Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. Alleluia. Praise be to God. You know, we were talking about the Louisville shooter. I'm finding more information about this person. The New York Times reports that police identified four of the victims as employees of Old National Bank. Joshua Barrick, Thomas Elliott, Juliana Farmer, James Tutt, and the fifth victim is Diane Eckhart, also worked there, according to a LinkedIn page. She initially survived the shooting but died on Monday night, the police said. Among the critically wounded was Nicola Wilt, who had graduated from the police academy on March thirty-first. Oof. And Jacqueline Gwyn was, let's see, Jacqueline Gwynn, the internal chief of the Louisville Metro Police Department, identified the shooter. And I'm not going to repeat the shooter's name. Uh, according to a LinkedIn page, he was a syndicate, syndication associate and portfolio banker at Old National a Regional Bank. He had worked there full-time for nearly two years after interning there over previous summers. The police did not specify a motive. Now, this is a very concerning story. And immediately, immediately the mayor of the city came out and called this out as something to do with guns. Uh, Luckily, the governor did not do so. The governor came out and spoke and said uh, this was a tragedy. We can't let these things happen again. Now, the interesting thing to note, though, is that this is... Whenever people bring up this as being related to, uh, to gun control, my first question is always, what specific legislation that could be passed... Would, in fact, have stopped this shooting from happening. Because I, as far as I'm aware, we don't know what exactly we, how he got his weapons. Did he get them legally? Did he get them illegally? Presumably, he got them legally. And if it was legal, then what does that mean for the, uh, from how and why he got it? Did he ever have a background of mental illness? What do we know about the man? It says here, by Monday afternoon, vigils had been announced around the city as Louisville began mourning the death. At Holy Trinity Catholic Church on Monday evening, the Reverend Shane Duval spoke to the hundreds gathered in the pews about Mr. Barrick, describing him as a very active, hands-on, and ideal parishioner. Now it's very interesting to see the community get together. It's very good. It's always a good thing whenever people are able to rally together during this hard time when people people die. Especially in these kinds of situations. But the question is my question is what were the security guards doing at the police at the bank? I've never been to a bank where there was not security guards posted in front, at least one, at least either in front or right inside of the bank. So where was the security guard? That's a very interesting situation. The other thing to note is who stopped the shooting? It was the police. The police came in, they won the newly brought into the police force, and they ran into a building and was shot, critically wounded, to save the lives of others. And that police officer is a hero. And we should not be denigrating our police the way we do. If we keep trying to say defund the police, we keep trying to reject the police and hate the police, call them racist. And all these other things, he, who's going to sign up?
4: He was running towards the shooting when he got shot in the head. He was running towards the the action where it was where it was occurring to go and save the lives. He was doing a heroic act, jumping into the line of fire without hesitation, fresh from the academy.
3: Yeah, it is very situation, and I think this is something that we really have to, we really have to encourage people to. Uh, to care for our police officers and to respect their police officers, because whenever these things happen, obviously there are bad police officers out there. Obviously that happens. But uh, many, most of these men are good people who will lay down their lives to save their community. And a good guy with a gun stopped a bad guy with a gun. This happened and it happens in every single case. I have never, I do not know a single case where the bad guy with the gun was stopped by someone that did not have a gun. So this is not – this should not be brought in and said, okay, we need to ban guns now because this person used a gun. And, in fact, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and he was telling me, you know, I just can't get behind the these gun-free zones because every time I see a gun-free zone, I just don't go in. I'm like, okay, well, I, if I can't carry – Inside there, then I'm just not going to shop there. I'm just not going to go in. And he said the very, very rare cases that I absolutely have to, then he will do everything he can to try to get done outside or try to not go in because he's saying, you know, we live in a crazy world. We don't know what's going to happen. And I want to be prepared to protect myself and protect my family. So this is, I mean, it's very interesting. If my buddy was in there in that room and they had started shooting I know for a fact he would have been able to, to put down the, the attacker in a very quick way, and someone may have died still, but maybe some people, more or less people would have died. It is a very concerning story, and things that we need to keep in mind, and also just keep in mind for our families when we go out, is the answer to not buy a gun and to get rid of all weapons— Or maybe the answer is because the guns are already out there. What are we going to do? Round up every single gun in America? There are more guns in America than people. So maybe the answer is not to take away all of our guns. But maybe the answer is for us to buy the means to protect ourselves. And the reason why this story is very concerning to me is because and right before this happened, I was planning on talking about this story instead. But then this happened a transgender teen arrested for planning school shooting. And you're thinking, wait, didn't we just talk about the school shooting in Tennessee? No, it's not this. This is in Colorado. This happened in Tennessee. In Nashville, Tennessee, a transgender individual shot up a Christian school, killing six people. Now, less than two weeks later, here in Colorado, this person was as arrested for planning a school shooting and luckily they were stopped before and what do we know about this person they identify as transgender so very interesting now the story says here the former colorado Springs student a 19 year old male who identifies as a woman has been arrested and charged with an investigation into threats involving schools in colorado springs academy district 20 abc local affiliate reports The individual was arrested by the Elkbert County Sheriff's Office, and according to the 18th Judicial District, he was charged with one criminal attempt to commit murder in the first degree, two counts, criminal mischief, menacing, and interference with staff, faculty, or students of educational institutions. The suspect was apprehended when his sister called the police after he was behaving violently and making references to school shootings. His sister also told the police dispatcher that the man has, quote, severe anger issues, according to the arrest affidavit. When authorities entered the suspect's bedroom, they found a notebook with instruction on how to build a homemade bomb and a whiteboard with the floor plan to Timberview Middle School, where he went 5th, 6th, and 7th grade. Since attending Timberview, he was homeschooled, the affidavit stated. The notepad included the drawings of a clock to use as a detonation mechanism for the explosive device, which the suspect had learned how to create on YouTube. Also discovered among the teen's belongings was, listen to this Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto. So the person is a transgender communist and wants to blow up a school. Very interesting. Police found the suspect lying in bed drunk in a room with several holes in the wall and trash piled so high it was level with the bed. Police noted the filthy condition of the room, adding that his bed sheets were stained brown. According to police, the suspect had a history of suicidal thoughts, stating that they come often and adding that he has never received treatment. Sheriff deputies found a manifesto with the names of mass shooters, police, political commentators, and a list of people to be killed written in a notebook, which also contained the victim's intended casualty versus injury rate. Firearms for the attacker attack were to be made by a 3D printer. No guns were found inside the home, though police discovered firearm cleaning liquids. Authorities say deputies spoke to the suspect, who nodded yes when asked if he was planning to commit a school shooting. Police say the suspect appeared intoxicated and told officers, I'm a little drunk, by the way. The primary target was the middle school, while other political targets included Prairie Hill Elementary and Pine Creek High School. The suspect said he'd been planning the attack for a month or two. The suspect's hearing is scheduled for May 5th, and his bond is set at $75,000. Why is it so low? $75,000? I feel like it should be way more than that. Now, this is a very concerning story. So what are the facts of this case? This man, who identifies as a woman, he is a transgender individual. This man obviously has mental illness. He has suicidal thoughts. He reads the Communist Manifesto. And his life is in disorder. His room is a disgusting mess. And he is not clean. And he's a drunkard. So he, this guy has all the signs of someone who has a disordered lifestyle. Everything about this man screams disorder. And disorder destroys the soul. If you want to fix your life, you have to order your life. If you want to fix a lot of these mental illnesses, you need to order your family's lives. These kids who have disorder, who have no kind of... Uh, pattern in their life have no kind of religiosity in their life have none of these things fall into these horrible things This is not to excuse him because some people say oh don't call it mental illness because then it says that he's not responsible for his actions this is not the case he is still control of his faculties he still can choose to do a or b he chooses to do evil this man chose to do evil and he is planning on killing political commentators I was told by somebody, I was emailed recently, and I was told that I am inciting violence and that I am not being Catholic and that I am fear-mongering. Yet we see people who are caught how many people have not been caught? And we've seen people who are caught wanting to kill political commentators, who have kill lists of people who are having rational and normal ideas. You don't have to be. It's kind of funny. I was making this joke the other day. Matt Walsh came out months ago saying in a normal society, he would have no platform. He's like, I'm not that special. I'm not that smart. All I'm doing is stating common sense ideas. And people are like, wow, this guy's a radical. He he comes out and says, men are men and women are women. And everybody's like, wow, this guy's a radical. Oh, my goodness. So, So insightful. Such insightful commentary. And it's kind of funny because it's true. If you are sane in this world, the world will hate you. So let's be prepared. Let's be aware of the situation. Let's not bury our heads in the sand, but let's be vigilant. But let's not fear. Let's not be afraid. Be not afraid for Christ is risen. Alleluia. And he conquers death. So being in a state of grace, that way at any moment, you're ready for eternity.
2: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Haven't you honestly wondered, why do all the different denominations break away from each other? Timeline, 1500s, Luther breaks from the Catholic Church. 16th century, John Knox is influenced by Calvin and breaks from Luther, thus the Presbyterians. 17th century, John Smith then breaks away and starts the Baptist. 18th century, Wesley breaks and starts the Methodist. Even crazier are all the scores of non-denominational individuals who break from each other, generally due to cosmic ego and, quote, a new revelation. Well, here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Judges 21 says, "Quote: In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes." Secondly, physics. Once the dam breaks, water goes where it will. Luther broke Canon Law 331, which says about the Pope: By virtue of his office, he possesses supreme, full, immediate, and universal ordinary power in the Church. And thirdly, my take. Gifted theologians can be just like my fourth grade friend who said, "I'm taking my bat and ball and going home."
0: Catholic Radio gives us something all day, every day, to fill our lives with our faith. We are completely inundated by the world constantly. Every time you go out shopping, the music that's playing, the the visuals that you see, TV, everything. We need Catholicism filling
1: our minds. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Your connection to our treasured Catholic faith all day, every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
4: Hi, this is Catherine.
5: Cormick. Henry.
4: And Reagan.
2: We attend Holy Rosary in Midtown.
5: And you're listening to...
2: 1430
5: AM. Radio for your soul.
3: KSHJ. Houston. Today, or I guess Sunday, we start praying. The Regina Chaley. If you don't know it, learn it. Start singing it with your family. Get together with your family and start singing the Regina Chaley. It's a beautiful, beautiful hymn. I'll just tell you it. It's Regina Chaley. laetare Alleluia. Quia quem meruisti portare, Alleluia. resurrexit sit, siku Alleluia. Ora pro nobis Deum, Alleluia. Very beautiful, very short. It translates to Queen of Heaven, rejoice, Alleluia. For he whom thou didst merit to bear, Alleluia, hath risen as he said, Alleluia. Very beautiful, beautiful hymn. Very short hymn. You can memorize it and sing it with your family. You look it up on YouTube, type in Regina Chaley, Gregorian chant. Should pop up very easily. And then learn, learn it. There's actually several different tones to it. The Dominicans have a very elaborate tone, and there's also a solemn tone to it. But then the simple tone is very easy. Very, very simple. Uh, maybe during the after show, I'll sing it to you guys. Um, but the then afterwards, so it's just like the Hell Holy Queen. It, the, it replaces the Hell Holy Queen. So and during the season of Easter, instead of singing the Hell Holy Queen, you sing the Regina Chaley. And so the second part of it is, gaude uh, et leitare Virgo Maria, Alleluia, qui asurexi Dominus Veri, Alleluia, which is, Rejoice and be glad, O Virgin Mary, Alleluia, for the Lord is risen indeed, Alleluia. And then it goes, Oremus, which means, let us pray, Deus qui per resurrectionem filii tui Domini Nostri Iesu Christu, mundum Letificare dignitatis est, presta quesimus ut per eius generatiam Mariam, perpetua capimus gaudia vita perundum Christum Dominum Nostrum, Amen, which translates to, Let us pray, O God, who didst give joy to the world through the resurrection of thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, Grant, we beseech thee, that through his mother, the Virgin Mary, we may obtain the joys of everlasting life through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. So here's my resurrect, my uh, proposal to you. Just learn the Regina Cheli part. The Regina Chaley, Leitare Alleluia. Sing that part. And then once you get to the Oremus part, you can say it in English and have that part. It would be a very very beautiful thing. Maybe add that to the end of your rosary instead of singing the the Salve Regina or the Hell Holy Queen. Do the Regina Chaley during this Easter season. And if you're like, nah, I hate Latin. Well, okay, do it in English. Do it in English. It's a very beautiful practice the church has that we have seasonal antiphons dedicated to Our Lady. So check that out today. The other thing that's interesting relating to Easter season is the Vidi Aquam. See, before Mass, the priest would normally come out before a high Mass, and he does the what's called the asparagus man, which translates to sprinkle me. It comes from the Psalms. And it says, sprinkle me with hyssop. And this is a thing that happens where the priest will come down. He'll bless the congregation, and he makes a prayer asking that an angel of the Lord descend upon the people attending Mass and protect them while they're at Holy Mass. Now, during the season of the of uh easter they change that out and so now they sing during the season of easter i saw water coming forth from the temple on the right side alleluia and all those to whom the water came were saved and shall say alleluia give praise to the lord for he is good for his mercy endureth forever glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy ghost as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end amen I saw water coming from the temple on the right side, alleluia, and all those to whom the water came were saved and shall say, alleluia. Show us, O Lord, thy mercy, alleluia, and grant us thy salvation, alleluia. O Lord, hear my prayer, let my cry come unto thee. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit, let us pray. Hear us, O holy Lord, almighty Father, everlasting God, and vouchsafe to send thy holy angel from heaven to guard cherish protect visit and defend all that are assembled in this place through Christ our lord amen and that's the the prayer that's said before every high mass and it's a very beautiful beautiful prayer it's said in latin they sing it it's from a it's a excerpt from ezekiel 47 and psalm 117 smashed together it's a very beautiful and it's a reference to our lord at this at the foot of the cross when longinus shoved his spear into the side of our lord and the water flowed forth from his side as a font of mercy for us we recognize that and in the and after before every high mass they pray recognizing that holy water flowing from the side because ezekiel he was praying and talking about this scene he said i saw water coming forth from the temple on the right side and he says and all those to whom the water came were saved he's talking about the temple of jerusalem because after the holy sacrifices were done in Jerusalem, the Holocaust sacrifices, the blood was filled on the altar and the high priest would get buckets and buckets of water and pour them on to the altar and flow the water and blood out. And there was a funnel that would go to the right side and it would all just be spread out of the temple. And so if you were standing from afar off and you're looking at the temple while this was happening, you would see blood and water gushing forth from the side of the temple. But our Lord, who is the fulfillment of the temple, because the temple that was destroyed, that was a prefigurement of our Lord's body, who is the true temple. Because remember, our Lord said that he will destroy the temple. And in three days, he will rebuild it. So he's telling us, I am the temple. And what happens at the culmination of the sacrifice, when our Lord dies, his side is pierced and blood and water flows forth from the side of Christ. And all those to whom this water came were saved. And we shall say, Alleluia. What a beautiful thing. What a very beautiful thing.
4: Alleluia. That is certain, certainly beautiful. Are, are you aware that when Jesus, when Longinus uh, pierced Jesus and the water and blood flowed down from his body on the, onto the cross to the ground, that it flowed into a crack on Golgotha, that seeped down to the uh, skull of Adam.
3: Yeah, yeah. It said that he was crucified on the skull of Adam. Yes. A yes. Very beautiful, beautiful thing. And yeah, the the history behind Golgotha is very, very interesting, and maybe uh, worthy of a conversation in you know, of itself. Definitely. But yeah, the the connections that you see with our Lord—that uh, nothing was a mistake. Our Lord came, in the like, you have to realize. Our Lord's not like you and I. I You and I don't get to choose when we are born. It is not for us to choose. It is for us to be able to live worthily in the life that we are given. But our Lord, who is the king of heaven and earth, who is the author of time and space, who is the master of divine providence, he chose when and where and how he was to be born. And he chose to be born when he was. He said, I, they do not take my life from me, but I lay it down. He chose how he was to go. He chose what punishment he would receive. He chose where his execution would happen. He, he, nothing was done to our Lord. He was master of it all at any moment. At any moment, he could have said, I'm done. And taken himself off the cross. At any moment, he could have stopped everyone. Remember, when they went to arrest him, our Lord spoke, I am. And everyone fell to the ground. Just the very word of our Lord caused shockwaves to the world and knocked his enemies to the ground. And yet he still, he chose to allow himself to be arrested, to be taken, to be beaten, to be scourged, to be forced to carry a cross and to be crucified. And it's said by everyone, all the saints, all the devotionals, all the mystics. It was not the nails that hung our Lord to the cross, but it was love for you and I. What a grace. What a beautiful grace that we have in our Lord that he would willingly stretch out his arms. You think I'm thinking of a scene from the Passion of Christ where they're grabbing his arm and they're pulling it. In order for it to be dislocated, so that way it could stretch out long enough. And he willingly endured that in order to save you and I. It was not forced upon him. You might think, man, it's terrible when bad things happen to people. And yeah, it is. But you can never say, man, that guy, he did that for me. It's like, no, he was forced to do that. Like it It was rough. I mean, you can offer it up for us, but you didn't choose to do that. But our Lord chose he chose to endure that for love of you and I. What an absolute grace. What an absolute grace. So maybe check those those two things out and pray that prayer dedicated to our lady and pray that prayer that said before uh, mass, the, the Vidium aquam, and which is vidia I saw aquam water. So I saw the water and it's a reference to that water coming from the temple. And then remember our lady. The queen of heaven. And it's how you think about our lady on on Holy Saturday. She's preparing the way for her son because she knows she's not like the others. She's not like Mary Magdalene who did not believe that our Lord would rise, but still had faith and still loved our Lord and went to go see him. She was not like the apostles who was so afraid that they hid. No, our lady went home and she started cleaning and she set out a chair and she sat And waited because she knew that her son was to come soon and she wanted to be ready to greet him. And it is said, St. Vincent Ferrer says, that when our Lord rose from the dead, he brought all the patriarchs who were in limbo. Abraham, Moses, Adam and Eve, Elijah, well not Elijah, but Elisha, all the patriarchs of the Old Testament. All the holy women, Esther, Judith, and brought them to Our Lady and told her, My mother, all of this was because of you. And all the patriarchs rejoiced and celebrated and gave honor and love to Our Lady, for she fulfilled it all. For she saved what Eve had destroyed and many of the followers of the church talk about how when our lady and Eve met, who, what a glorious time that Eve fell down and loved our lady so much and thanked her for saving what she had destroyed. And not just in a way, because you have to remember the Oh Felix culpa, which is said during Easter time, Oh, happy fault, who won for us so great, so glorious a Savior. Oh, Felix Culpa. What was that failure? Adam and Eve, they sinned greatly. And you have to remember, sin is bad. God does not desire sin. But because God is all-loving and all-powerful, God can make good out of evil. So did God want Judas to, to betray him? No, of course not. Of course not. But some people will say, but... If he didn't betray him, then we wouldn't be saved. But our Lord knew he would betray him. And more importantly, our Lord knew that he could make good out of evil. That the evil in which he knew that Judas was going to do. He didn't force Judas to do it, but he knew he was going to do it. He wished and he prayed that Judas would not do it. But yet, Judas did do it. But our Lord used what he intended for evil, and he made it into good He made it all good in the sight of our Lord, for our Lord writes straight with crooked lines. So what does it mean for you and I? You and I who are crooked lines, you and I who are Judases to our Lord, you and I who offend greatly the heart of our lady, we can repent. We can be like Peter and we can go to holy confession. We can repent of our sins, amend our lives, throw ourselves at the feet of our lady and tell her just As Eve came to you and rejoiced for her sin was destroyed by her fiat, we can do the same. And I encourage you to do so. And that's going to do it. We're going to go into our Fear and Trembling game show. And you could be the contestant. All you have to do is dial 877 757 9424. 877 757 9424. You could be our contestant on Fear and Trembling, our Catholic trivia game show. 877 757 9424. One more time, call now 877 757 9424. We'll be right back with Fear and Trembling when we get back.
0: Hey Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass?
1: the Christmas, Scripture.
0: That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. That's right. (laughs) They love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say... Oh, another birthday. They actually object to celebrating their birthday. G.K. Chesterton says, A man's birthday reminds him that he is alive, when his immediate fares would only remind him that he is at work or at play or in business or in debt. Your birthday is a chance to celebrate being born, and being born is a reason to rejoice. The best birthday gift any of us has ever received was the first one, the gift of life itself. Chesterton says, every time a baby is born, it is as if God has created a new sun and a new moon, because there's a new soul gazing out at creation. So, happy birthday. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hey, Donnie, what two important things do we receive when we go to Mass?
1: Scripture and the Eucharist.
0: Great job. You're so smart. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on.
3: That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we give out prizes and you could win. How do you play? Well, all you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 877-757-9424. We take the first caller, and we always love to have our callers on the line and hear about how they're doing But that number to call, 877-757-9424, that's the number to call to be a part of our Fear and Trembling Game Show. And you may ask, what is this Fear and Trembling Game Show that you talk about? It's very simple. How do you play? It's simple. I have three Catholic trivia questions here, and I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, I'm going to ask Tito the questions, and it's Tito's job to give me an answer. It's going to be your job to tell me whether or not Tito is right or is he wrong. So he's going to give an answer, and you have to discern, is he being tricky or is he being a truther? That's your job to figure out. You have 15 seconds of the clock, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tito, what could they win?
4: Thank you, Adrian. The Fear and Trembling Prize for this week is an Our Lady of Guadalupe banner and pin bundle. The prize is... From Studio Sen, a small creative company founded on the goal of designing passionately Catholic art and illustrations. Visit Studiosen.com for all your Catholic gifts and decor. Studiosen.com. Please visit them. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much, Studiosen.com. We appreciate your generous sponsorship of the Catholic Drive Time show. Uh, we have, let's see, I'm looking over to my left. And looks like we have a caller on the line. Tina wants to go answer the phone. If you don't get on today, make sure you write down that number, 877-757-9424. And here is a pro tip. If you hop on to our social media feeds, or rather not our social media feeds, if you hop on to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, if you hop on there, then you can actually get all this information on there. So if you want to write down the number, if you're saying you talk too fast, I can't get it down, Well, you can go to our website and you can actually fill it out there and we will be able to see your comment or not see your comment. You'll be able to write down that and put it into your speed dial. So that way that we can actually get you on the line and you're able to call in early and hang on hold. If you were saying, I really want to be a first caller and I've never been before. Well, then you are welcome to be able to call in as early as 7 a.m. Central Time and hang on hold, and we will definitely have you as you would be the first caller. Uh, But joining us right now is Norma. Good morning to you, Norma.
1: Hi, good morning.
3: Norma, where are you calling from?
1: Alexandria, Virginia.
3: Alexandria, Virginia. Praise be to God. That's right outside the uh, Washington, D.C. area, no? Yes,
1: yes. Praise be to God. I talked to you. I called you before. You, you got me. I got in and I won.
3: Praise be to God, Norma. Yes. We love to hear it. We love to hear it. Well, welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time show on the Fear and Trembling game show. And how was your Easter? I
1: was okay. Uh, I was okay. It was okay. Mm-hmm. I was
3: On
1: the process, my daughter was on the process of selling the house. So uh, we, for some reason, I'm out of the house or the whole. Uh, um, I'm in church because I cannot come. I cannot go to the stay in the house. So I'm in church almost all day, which I love.
3: (laughs) Well, praise be to God. Praise be to God. I'm glad that uh, everything is going relatively well, and I hope that uh, you're able to at least celebrate uh, some during this entirety of the uh, Easter octave and the Easter season. So make sure you. uh, If you're not able to celebrate 100% yet, at some point before Pentecost, uh, maybe on Pentecost, ooh, Pentecost party, that would be fun. That would be a good Um, time. But praise be to God, Norma, you're familiar with the game. You know how to play. You're a pro. I'm
1: still still scared.
3: You're still scared. See, Norma, I remember she was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to play so hard. And then she gets all of them right, and then she wins the prize. (laughs) <laughs>
1: I got you, I'm staring, I'm staring at your mouth
3: righty, Norma It's
1: in my car Are
3: you uh, ready to play the game?
1: Yes, I think so
3: Alright, let's do it
1: Easy
3: peasy on me Easy peasy, it's gonna be easy, I just know it The first question From what group of citizens are the Swiss guards recruited? Wow, um, yeah,
4: okay. uh, I, you know what? The, the very colorful.
3: I like suits. I'd say Nigeria. Oh, Nigeria! You're yeah. saying. You know, it, it does make a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. They, you know, they call them the Swiss Guard because they like. Swiss cheese, not because they're from Switzerland, is what you're saying.
4: Correct. They're, I see. They love Swiss cheese in Nigeria. They are very. They wear very colorful garments when they attend Mass on Sunday. Oh, it like the Swiss beautiful. Guard
3: clothing. Correct. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. All of it's adding up to me. It all makes sense. All righty, Norma. The question on the board is, from what group of citizens are the Swiss Guards recruited? 15 seconds on the clock. Norma, what say you? Tito says, Nigeria, is he telling the truth? Is he trying to trick you? What say you, Norma, from Alexandria, Virginia?
1: I think he is. he's trying to trick me.
3: She thinks he's trying to trick you. Way to go, Norma! Uh, Aren't they wow. from
1: Switzerland? Aren't uh, from
3: Switzerland? Yeah, they're from Switzerland. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's like a, the, the Swiss yes. guard do happen to be from Switzerland. Uh, I've there
1: four times.
3: Yeah. Oh, four really?
1: Times in
3: yes. Oh, praise be yes. God! That's awesome. Wow. All righty, Norma, you nailed that one. That one was easy peasy for you. In fact, oh, it was it yes. was too All easy right. for you. So All we're right. gonna go to question number two. So this one, this one is a doozy. Uh, I think that this one, we'll see. We'll see how you do. Are you ready for question number two? Yes. All right. Here is question numero dos. Which Catholic prayer begins? Oh, my God. Relying on thy almighty power in infinite mercy and promises. ah! Oh, uh, oh, I know this one. Act of hope. The act of hope, you're saying? It's the act of hope. Not I'm, the act of attrition. Correct. The act, act of, of hope. hope. I know the act okay. of attrition. I okay. say that too many times. All right. All right. All righty, Norma. Maybe you know this prayer. Which Catholic prayer begins, "Oh my God, relying on thy almighty power and infinite mercy and promises"? Now, 15 seconds on the clock. Tito says that the answer is Act of Hope. What say you, Norma? Is he telling the truth? Is he lying to you? What say you, Norma? I
1: think he's I think it's okay. He's right.
3: You he's think right. he's right? Yes. Oh, there you God. go. You got wow. it. Wow. Now, yeah. Norma, can you tell me the rest of that prayer? No, I read
1: really it, I, it's an act of contrition
3: because it's not. It's not. So no, it's no. Hope. Well, the, you know, I the, don't
1: know that prayer.
3: The prayer yeah. goes, oh, my God, relying on thy infinite goodness and promise, I, I hope to obtain pardon of my sins, the help of thy grace, and life everlasting oh, no. through the merits of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Lord, Redeemer. Amen. That's Amen. the act of hope. Alrighty, Theory, Norma, yes, are you yes. ready for question number three? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do question number three. All now, right. this question here, I think I think you're gonna get it. We shall see. We shall see. The question numero tres, which is a Nigerian for three. That's true. Coincidentally, correct. Uh, <laughs> what is Christianity's most important? feast day most
4: important oh that's where even atheists get the day off and they get christmas toys christmas Oh, okay. it's christmas, christmas. yeah
3: oh, wow praise santa be to god santa claus
4: rudolph the reindeer uh, red, red nose Rudolph. Reindeer. yeah
3: yeah that's that's true it christmas. has to be christmas christmas is a pretty important feast day i must admit i mean it, all the whole world shuts down for christmas well norma the question on the board what is Christianity's most important feast day? 15 seconds on the clock. Tito says it's I, Christmas. What I, say you, I, Norma?
1: I want it to be, I think it's Easter.
3: You think it's Easter? Are you sure? So yes. you're gonna go with you're gonna go with he's wrong. Um. Oh. There you go, Norma. There you go, Norma. Congratulations, Norma. I don't, I don't
1: Christmas, but I want it to be Easter is the most important.
3: Of course it is. You are yes. correct. It is in fact Easter. Thank Easter you so much. is the most important holiday yes. of the year, which is why it's weird that it's yes. not yes. celebrated yes. as much by Christians. Uh, the people I need know. to need to step I up know. their Easter yes. game. Yes,
1: yes,
3: yes. Well, praise be to God, Norma. See, you said you called in, you said I'm nervous. I'm nervous. (laughs) And again. I
1: almost didn't call you, but I figure it's after Easter, and that's why nobody's calling. I think they're probably still sleeping
3: or (laughs) (laughs) on vacation. Hopefully, they're on vacation. Hopefully, they're celebrating. So
1: I called. I said, Oh, I have to call. And and then you
3: got me. Well, praise you, God, Norma. We appreciate you calling in. And again, you nailed it. You got three for three, as always. And you always like, I'm nervous, but no you yes. you know your Thank faith you. you clearly know you. well Norma so. stay on the line. we're gonna get your contact information so we can send you the prize if you be the winner again imagine if she wins again that'd be crazy Yeah, uh, yeah. Thank
1: then you. And then so Norma cool. uh,
3: God bless you. I hope you have a God blessed bless rest of your Easter season.
1: God bless you God bless you
3: Thank and you that's gonna do it for today. If you can stay with us in the after show, hop on to our social media feeds, hop on to YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, or Facebook, and we'll interact with you directly. So make sure you do that, and we will chat with you there. Any questions, comments, concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything in between, we will discuss. And if not, we'll see you back here at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. God love you. And remember... Christus resurrexit, Alleluia! Resurrexit Irveri, Alleluia! God bless you, Christ is risen, Alleluia! Truly, He is risen, Alleluia! God bless, and God love you, and see you soon.
2: Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired.
0: Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the Chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
6: Welcome to Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel, home of the Salt community. For more information, please visit salt.net. Today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ on this Tuesday within the octave of Easter. This Mass is offered for the intentions of our online viewers and those listening through Guadalupe Radio. He gave them the water of wisdom to drink. It will be made strong in them and will not be moved. It will raise them up forever. Alleluia. He gave them the water of wisdom to drink. It will be made strong in them and will not be moved. It will raise them up forever. Alleluia. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, The Lord Lord be with you. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Glory ag in excelsis te go, et in terra pax hominibus, bone voluntatis, laudamus te, ha adoramus te. Glorificamus te, grazie asaci mogus tibi, Propter maniam gloriam tuam. Domine degus rex celestis, degus pateherohum nigi potens, Domine filiguni genite, Ye, Jesus Christ, Domine, the good sons Filius Patris, Qui Filigus Pahatris, Quit all this nobis, Quit all this pecata mundi suscipe de precancsi onam no qui sedes has hot texted on parts misere nobiles solus sanctus tu solus dominus, to solve all these imos, yegesuucristo. cum santo hospiti tu, in glory degi dekey amén. Let us pray. O God, who have bestowed on us paschal remedies, endow your people with heavenly gifts, so that, possessed of perfect freedom, they may rejoice in heaven over what gladdens them now on earth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
5: On the day of Pente- a reading from the Acts of the Apostles, on the day of Pentecost, Peter said to the Jewish people, "Let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified." Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they asked Peter and the other apostles, "What are we to do, my brothers?" Peter said to them, "Repent and be baptized every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins." and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is made to you and to your children and to all those far off, whomever the Lord our God will call. He testified with many other arguments and was exhorting them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 persons were added that day. The word of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Upright is the word of the Lord, and all his works are trustworthy. He loves justice and right. Of the kindness of the Lord, the earth is full. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. See the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him, upon those who hope for his kindness, to deliver them from death and preserve them in spite of famine.
6: The earth is full of the goodness of the
5: Lord. Our soul waits for the Lord, who is our help and our shield. May your kindness, O Lord, be upon us who have put our hope in you. The earth is full
6: of the goodness of the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Mary Magdalene stayed outside the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she bent over into the tomb and saw two angels in white sitting there, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they laid him. When she had said this, she turned around, and saw Jesus there, but did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? She thought it was the gardener, and said to him, Sir, if you carried him away, tell me where you laid him, and I will take him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher, Jesus said to her, Stop holding on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them, I am going to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and then reported what he had told her. The Gospel of the Lord. When Mary Magdalene first saw our Lord Jesus, she did not recognize him. And we notice this is a pattern throughout many of the resurrection appearances. Different persons who see Jesus at first do not recognize him. This may be a characteristic of his risen, glorified body. His glorified body, as we see in different of these accounts, in this body, he was able to do everything that you and I can do in our normal earthly bodies, right? He could touch, he could eat. He could also do more. He could travel long distances very quickly. He could pass right through locked doors. And it seems that perhaps he was able to make himself of a different appearance, to be recognized when he chose to be, or not to be recognized when he chose not to be. We notice that Mary Magdalene came to realize who was speaking to her when he said her name. And Mary Magdalene, we read in Scripture, Our Lord Jesus had set free from seven demons. and She then followed him faithfully. It may also be, depending upon the, the circumstances of her life, that he helped to set her free from sexual sin. But she was one who knew him. And we can well imagine that he had responded to her perhaps in a different way than anyone else ever had. And that when he said her name, that this reflected who he knew her to be. That he said her name in a different way than anyone else said it. Because he knew her like no one knew her. And so when he said her name, then she knew who was speaking to her. And was filled with joy that matched and overwhelmed what previously had been tears. And she discovered in that moment that this Lord who had set her free, beside whose cross she had stood, this Lord was risen, triumphant over death. May you and I perceive the presence of our Lord Jesus with us today. May you and I hear him speak our name because he knows us like no one else does. Who knows what other people think of us But our Lord Jesus knows us and loves us. And he has conquered death. And nothing can conquer him. And he is with us today. Full of joy because of the holy resurrection of the Lord. With our hearts purified and our spirits renewed let us turn with persistence to the Lord, saying, Victorious King, hear our prayer. That Christ, who by his glorious resurrection has been made head of the church, may grant through his love abundant joy, happiness, and exaltation to all the faithful who celebrate his triumph, let us pray to the Lord. Victorious King, hear our prayer. That Christ, who by his holy resurrection Has given pardon and peace to sinners may grant that all those who have returned to the path of life may carefully keep all the gifts that the mercy of the father has restored to them let us pray to the lord victorious king hear our prayer that christ who by his glorious resurrection has been made the first fruits of the universal resurrection may gladden the hearts of all people who still do not know of his victory and by the proclamation of the gospel, fill all nations with joy. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ, who by his holy resurrection has filled all peoples with happiness, enriched them with his gifts, and made our hearts to sing for joy, may renew the hope of those who suffer and weep. Let us pray to the Lord. That Christ, who by his glorious resurrection has gladdened the whole world, may renew our spirit and give us a firm hope of sharing in his triumph and being raised with him to new life, let us pray to the Lord. O Lord Jesus Christ, who in heaven are glorified by the angels and the saints and on earth are exalted and adored by your church, on this glorious feast of your resurrection, we ask that you hear our prayers and extend your merciful right hand over this people that has put all its hope in your resurrection, who live and reign immortal and glorious forever and ever. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept in compassion, Lord, we pray, the offerings of your family, that under your protective care they may never lose what they have received, but attain the gifts that are eternal. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But on this day above all, to laud you yet more gloriously, when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For he is the true Lamb who has taken away the sins of the world. By dying he has destroyed our death, and by rising restored our life. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people take in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts, sing together the unending hymn of your glory, as they acclaim to. Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus degusaba unigenitoris. Plenis luce un et terra. Gloria tua. Hosanna in excelsis. Benedictus qui venit in nomine Domini. Hosanna in excelsis. Misterium fidegi, mortem tuguam, annuncia mus to homine, et tuguam resurrectionem confitege mort, tohonec venihias. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, Miset e no hobis, anus degegi, quit holis peccata mundi. Miset e no hobis, anus degegi, quit holis peccata mundi, dona no
5: Amen.
0: The
6: body of Christ. If you have risen with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, mind the things that are above. Alleluia. If you have risen with Christ, Seek the things that are above Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God Mind the things that are above Alleluia Glory to the Father and to the Son And to the Holy Spirit As it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. If you have risen with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Mind the things that are above. Alleluia. Let us pray. Hear us, Almighty God, and as you have bestowed on your family the perfect grace of baptism, so prepare their hearts for the reward of eternal happiness. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Alleluia. Alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. 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 Regina Celi, leitare, alleluia. Quiaque merugisti portare, alleluia. Resurrexit, sicud tixit, alleluia. Ora pro nobis tegum, alleluia.
0: who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.
1: From every thought of suicide and abortion, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft. Hi, I'm Anne Quatrini, the principal from St. Francis,